five and a half, like six and a half years now. I've got to spice things up every now and then. Oh, God. <laughs> Our six year anniversary is going to be coming up. No, this it April. already came, honey. Didn't no, it I already have it on come? the list. No. Five, we, we did it five years in 2023. Oh, with you, it feels like six. Oh. <laughs> what a cop out answer. <laughs> anyway. Six years in, what are, what are we talking about? <laughs> Six years in, this is a crime culture. That's Haley. Hi. I'm Caitlin. Um, Hi. This one, all right. This one we're talking about. It, Originally, this episode was supposed to be a huge bummer, and then Caitlin decided to pull an audible and <laughs> do something completely different. So, Wait, pull an audible, did you just say? Yeah. What is that supposed to mean? That's a phrase that you like. Uh, let me hold on. I'm going to look it up. We've been talking about Gen Z vernacular for say, the past 25 minutes. We've been ranting about Gen Z for the past 25 minutes. Um, Poll for the group while Haley looks this up. Did you say flare leggings or yoga pants? It's yoga pants and it'll always be yoga pants. It's, Calling it's the it shut audible. up. It's fucking red of clothing. Calling an audible is a term from American football that I didn't know that refers that's to when the quarterback changes the play the last minute due to how the defense is lining up. So that's it's like why, when you change something last minute. That's why I don't know it because I didn't know it was a I football only know thing. football. Taylor Swift's boyfriend is a tight end. You know, that guy that she put on the map, Travis. Yeah. Um, he's a tight end. He's not a quarterback. So why would I know any of these things? Tell me what a tight end does. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what a kite end goes. <laughs> Bounce a quarter off that thing. That's what it does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, so, the objectifying women in, that are speaking, that's Haley. I'm Caitlin. This is Crime Culture. I pulled an audible, which apparently doesn't mean like the Amazon audiobook app. Yeah. Oh, and I'm going to make a, an amends to my, my palate cleanser last week was. Um, the uh audiobooks on spotify i still support it but i didn't realize they cap you at 15 hours wait really yes 15 that's hours not a, very that's like three 15 hours 15 hours a month they cap copy you at there's a book wait. i want to listen to that's 27 hours long i will not be able to listen to it in one like stretch wait yeah. That sounds really stupid. Yeah. And oh, but uh, if you if you're worried, you can uh, oh. get 10 extra hours for 12.99. There it is. Yeah. For 12.99. I said they I was talking I was ranting about it to Elliot last night and I was like it shouldn't be 15 hours. It should be like three books. Like two or three books. And yeah. then like and then it's capped. But also it shouldn't be capped cuz they're fucking books. Like, like why are you capping knowledge and learning whatever i i just i don't know i still so i still i'm still happy that they're available and if you listen to true. shorter books i'm sure it works out for you great but um yeah uh i'm a little peeved about that but it's, i'm I still still kind of on board for it but still it's I, yeah like it's 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 nice but that's Yeah, I don't like I'm that. Upset. I don't like that at all. Anywho, what are we talking about? We have we've gone on way too long. <laughs> so today we are talking about the song that I misspoke to you earlier. 
the impression that I get, not that's the impression that I get, just okay. the impression. Um, this is speaking of this is a great first impression for people who are just tuning in for the first time. So this I'm is chaotic. Sorry. If this is your uh, first episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, we're at the end of the year. It has been a couple of months, um, and God damn it, we're doing our best. Um, so. The impression that I get. The impression that I get. The mighty, mighty boss tones. Love it. Um, Yeah, it's a great name. They're a great band. And the song has a not so great story tied to it. Mm. Um, But also a, a somewhat great story tied to it. Um, this is confusing. I'm already confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be because I am not telling this well. So to get right into it, this song, so the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, let's first give them a little bit of background. They're okay. often credited as one of the originators of the ska punk music genre. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know them, you actually do because if you've seen the movie Clueless, which of course you have, it's a cult classic. They are actually the house band that plays during the like frat party. Uh huh. That's them, like IRL, and yeah. that was before they like blew the fuck up. Um, they were they were already pretty well known at that time. Um, they'd probably put out like three or four albums, but they were less. And I'm not like a big ska historian here i don't really know that much about ska i tried um, to see if i liked ska a little while ago and i don't i'm still like <laughs> I don't undecided know. Yeah. yeah i listened to a bunch of it and i was like oh, i don't know if i like this or not it it's i like the idea of it i like the the all the instrumentation yes yes and i saw big d in the kids table at warped tour in 2013 which is a sentence and i didn't even know that they were ska but they were good i liked them i thought they were Fun. great I, I liked him enough to follow them on Facebook, which is another very old sentence. Um, oh, you want to hear another old sentence? I just went through always. my entire uh, Tumblr the other day. So, oh, yep. Don't, don't. Speaking of threads, is apparently the like positive girly Tumblr of today, which I appreciate. Yeah, everybody. We are on so many tangents. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> Talk about the mighty yeah. mighty Boston's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 delaying the inevitable is what I'm doing because it's gonna get real sad. Um, so they th- this song they released it as the lead single single from their fifth studio album, the platinum selling Let's Face It in February 1997. The track reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Modern Rock Tracks chart and number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100 Airplay chart, and it also charted very highly in Australia, Canada, the UK. Um, just it's it's a very well-known song like you've probably heard it uh-huh um it was also certified gold in the u.s and australia so mm-hmm. again very popular song we'll get into the popular culture side of this thing a little bit more but more than a year before Re- let's face it was released this song appeared on another album called safe and sound a benefit in response to the brookline clinic violence which is what we'll be talking about today okay so Shortly after 10 a.m. on December 30th, 1994, a well-dressed man in black walked inside a Planned Parenthood clinic. Uh, For those that aren't in the U.S., I believe they also do work internationally, but it's mostly well-known, I'd say most well-known in the U.S. Uh Um, 
Planned Parenthood is a nonprofit organization that provides reproductive and sexual health care and education services, and that includes abortions. Mm -hmm. So he walked into this Planned Parenthood on Beacon Street in Brookline, Massachusetts, which is a wealthy, quiet suburb of Boston. Mm -hmm. And this clinic was located inside a three-story brick building that had multiple doctor's offices and in like a section of brownstone apartments and like stores like little shops and things like Uh that so when he walked in he had to like walk up a few stairs to a small first floor vestibule and then get buzzed in um once he walked inside he wordlessly took out a modified 0.22 caliber ruger 1022 semi-automatic rifle from the black duffel bag he had been carrying and began indiscriminately shooting into Mm. the reception area, the waiting area, uh, even at anti-abortion protesters who were outside. Wow. Okay. So just everybody. Everybody. Um, The only places that he didn't really hit was the medical clinic area because that's off the reception room and it was always kept locked as a security measure. Yeah. Probably Um, the smartest idea. Yep. I was about to say, like, and now we know why. Um, So a medical assistant... At the clinic, um, Arjana, Arjana, A-R-J-A-N-A, Agrawal, um, a 30-year-old from Cambridge, she was hit first in the abdomen. Um, Also injured was, well, we'll get into, next up, he shot at a 25-year-old receptionist named, excuse me, a 35-year-old receptionist named shannon Lowney from arlington mass um Mm -hmm. all of these are from like massachusetts but yeah uh and he shot her in the neck and killed her instantly wow okay yes um and of the approximately 40 people who were in the like waiting area during the attack uh three of them were wounded uh or two of them were wounded excuse me um 32-year-old Worst, Worcester, I, I can say it, I promise, Worcester. Worcester, Worcester, yes, resident Antonio Hernandez, who had accompanied a patient to the clinic, um, hadn't even gone there himself, mm-hmm. um, and a twenty another uh, person who had accompanied a patient to the clinic, a 22-year-old resident from Hingham named Brian Murray, um, both Ayana um arjana and brian were taken to the hospital in serious but stable condition but ultimately they survived their injuries mm-hmm. um then the gunman walked out and drove away in his audi because of course and 10 minutes later he did the exact same thing at another abortion clinic in a medical building just a little over two miles or a little over three and a half kilometers for our international friends down Mm -hmm. the street wow literally the same street um that's uh that's pretty crazy yeah and he also on the way to preterm health services is the name of this clinic he passed another abortion clinic and did not stop huh he just went to these two okay um so he walked in there and this time he walked in and calmly asked the receptionist a 38 year old salem new hampshire resident named leanne nichols um he said to her quote is this preterm end quote 
And when she said yes, he reached into his duffel bag, pulled out his rifle, and without saying a word, shot Leanne point blank. Wow. And then he opened fire on the staff and people who were waiting in the clinic just as he had done in Planned Parenthood. Mm. Um, so then one one of the people who was hit was a employee, um, 29-year-old Jane Sauer. Mm-hmm. Sau- uh, I think it's Sauer. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, it's, this is the hard part. <laughs> Um, but a part-time clinic security guard and a fucking hero, Richard J. Cerrone, returned fire and chased after the gunman as he ran from the clinic. But the gunman then turned around and shot Cerrone four times in the arms and once in the left hand. Mm. And as the gunman fled the clinic, he also fired randomly at bystanders and just sent them running for cover, according to witnesses. Okay. Um, but nobody was shot outside. It's so just then, it's just pretty confusing that he's going to two specific clinics, but just kind of shooting at anybody, like even yeah. protesters. Like it's not yeah. like he's on. It doesn't seem like he. It seems like he has a uh, target, but it doesn't seem like he has a side. No. Or at least, like, he doesn't seem, he seems unhinged. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I was going to say, it seems like kind of erratic behavior, just, yeah. uh, like, planned but unplanned, or, like, planned but messy. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's confusing. Yeah. Um, gets better. Or not, but gets worse. So, he's, he's shot Sarone. Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, as it as it turned out, um, so he after he dropped the black duffel bag and fled in his Audi, um, as it turned out, officers, because again this is like ten minutes after it, the yeah. fifteen at this point maybe after he shot up that Planned Parenthood, yeah, officers were already en route to preterm services because they wanted to warn them that there had been oh a God. shooting earlier at the Planned Parenthood down the street. Wow. Um, instead they get there and they found a second crime scene. Um, yeah. Jill Riley Cullinane, uh, C-U-L-L-I-N-A-N-E. Um, at the time she was a Brookline police detective and she said in an, an interview years later with Wicked Local, quote, we were going up there to make sure everyone was safe and we got in right when Salvi was running up the side street, according to witnesses. We got there just five minutes too late, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. So helicopters began circling overhead. Police rushed to the scene from the scene of Planned Parenthood to preterm. Um, the tiny like brass shells of the .22 caliber rifle were scattered all over the sidewalk, and a nearby car had an anti-abortion bumper sticker on it and the there was a bullet in the car like it went right through the window okay um a police investigator excuse me a police investigator at the scene said quote there was blood everywhere end quote um one witness who only gave his name as harold he spoke with the new york times he still had blood on his hands from Mm. like helping the wounded people 
when he spoke to them and said that the gunman had killed the receptionist Nichols um, and that she that she had been on the phone when he said, is this preterm and he just preterm and he just dropped the bag and that was it. Mm. Um, an, another witness, um, he said, not another witness, he's the witness. Um, then he said, quote, bang, bang, I heard five shots, end quote. Hmm. So then Cerrone, the security guard who had chased the gunman, he remembered that the gunman had said something religious as well. And a Brookline police officer, Robert Allen, told the New York Times, quote, th that it was, quote, in Jesus's name or mother of God, something to that effect, end quote. Mm -hmm. So Cerrone, even though he was wounded, he was stable. He ended up being OK. Um, but he told police he was convinced that he had shot the gunman. He was like, he can't have gotten far. Like, I, I got him. Um, but he remained at large. Uh, local and state police, along with the FBI, undertook a wide search for him. Um, the A federal law enforcement official described the gunman to the press as a youngish white guy with a dark complexion. And they put out an like a, a search for the vehicle that they believed he had escaped in which was as far as they knew just a white or like pale colored compact car they didn't know what else okay meanwhile they find the duffel so the the one that he had abandoned at the scene yeah so they open it up and they find a gun and 700 rounds of ammunition wow Yes. Uh, they also recovered a second weapon from the bag, a handgun, but apparently it was not used in the shootings. Um, and then they found the receipt from a gun dealer in Hampton, New Hampshire, that he had left in the bag yeah. from when he had purchased the handgun and the semi-automatic rifle. Yep. Probably purchased them fucking the day before or something. Either confirm or deny. Um, so investigators by the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh, Bureau, <laughs> uh, they were able to identify him as a 23-year-old aspiring hairdresser named John Salvi III from Hampton, New Hampshire, which was just over the Massachusetts border. So mm -hmm. police began scouring both sides of the Massachusetts and the New Hampshire, board New Hampshire border. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like at this point I should probably say, if I'm, because I caught myself doing it earlier, if I say like Hampton or if I go like, I think I said something like Amherst, Mass or something like that, that's uh -huh. because New England, like, we know where these places are. And so I forget that not everybody knows where these places are. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so let's get into a little background of this, though, first. So at the time these attacks were believed to be the worst acts of violence against abortion clinics in u.s history mm. uh, they capped a decade of assaults on abortion clinics and the staff of these clinics across the country but because this is america that record has obviously been broken multiple times since then uh the shootings also these two in particular followed the killings at two florida abortion centers and other acts of terror at other clinics around the country but none of these were linked to salvi they like did a little check he had no connection to any of these um so the two clinics that were hit on this street planned parenthood and preterm health services as well as the third one on the same street had a long history of being the target of nearly 
constant, like nearly daily, just feral anti-abortion protesters. Mm-hmm. Uh, neighbors, because like I said, this was like a quiet suburban area. Uh, neighbors even said that these near daily protests grew so big on Saturdays in particular that people avoided that stretch of Beacon Street that day. Um, Nikki Nichols Gamble, who was then the president and CEO of the Planned Parenthood League of Massachusetts, estimated to the New York Times that at this particular Planned Parenthood on Beacon Street, um, about 3,000 abortions were performed annually at the clinic. Mm -hmm. So all of that fuss for 3,000 about annually. Yeah. Like one a day, maybe. Mm -hmm. So furthermore... The Planned Parenthood Clinic was participating in a nationwide trial of the French abortion pill, RU486, um, and workers had recently even begun getting death threats at the clinic. So it's just people, it's, it's in my opinion, an overreaction. Um, mm-hmm. So this day began, as usual, with protesters gathered outside. Um, a 32-year-old education student who had gone to the clinic with a friend who had been going to get just like a pregnancy test. Um, mm-hmm. Her name's Kelly Cunningham. She said that her and her friend were actually harassed by three men and two women as they were walking inside and the, like as that was often the case. Um, and then Kathy Cicero, a receptionist at a dentist's office near the Planned Parenthood, recalled that the chanting protesters often carried videotape cameras in an attempt to intimidate people coming into and out of the clinic. Uh, and she told the New York Times, quote, they film everyone. They were bringing the bodies out and they were still filming them. End quote. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Asaf Rutenberg a volunteer who, so it, this is a common thing. Um, they were a volunteer who provided escorts for people who would come to the clinic because of these protesters. Uh-huh. Um, they, this person also recalled like how rowdy these, these protesters were getting, telling the Times, quote, they block cars. They don't allow people to get out of their cars. They shove pictures in their faces and yell and scream, end quote. Hmm. Um, meanwhile, the preterm clinic, like I said, it was in an office building with the entrance on the first floor, the receptions desk to the right. Um, and there were a few desks for like office staff and a copy machine. And so, uh, Cerrone, the security guard was usually, it was like, they usually employ an off duty police officer to be on guard. Um, so that's why he was armed because, uh, Sarah Judkins, who was on the staff there for a decade at the time of the shooting, uh, said that this large that the the large room because it's like so mostly open it's in an office building that it was quote really open and vulnerable end quote. Um, meanwhile, the clinic on the fourth floor, which is where the medical procedures actually took place, was more protected with like an elaborate system of glass panels because people have been getting so worked up. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, the shootings shocked the community. Tom Hennessy, who at the time was the chairman of the Brookline Board of Selectmen, uh, he told the New York Times that the protests had been going on for years, but, quote, in the middle to late 80s, it was wild, really violent with lots of arrests, end quote. Oh, with lots of arrests, no end quote. Um, But it's been reasonably peaceful lately, end quote. 
Like it just really things kind of started to quiet down. And this is a Friday. So yeah, the Friday. But like I said, this is they get worst on Saturdays. But so it's a Friday. It's right before the end of the year. So back to this as police, uh, like local law enforcement, federal law enforcement, were coordinating the hunt for the suspect at the Brookline Police Station. Massachusetts Governor William F. Weld, who was also at the station, like on on site, um, he declared, quote, this man is nothing more than a terrorist, end quote. And at the White House, President Bill Clinton issued a statement saying he was, quote, strongly committed to ending this form of domestic terrorism, end quote, which is. You know, it's it's nice to hear mm-hmm. um, when an armed gunman walks into a location here in the U.S. and it's referred to as domestic terrorism. Not yeah. once, but twice. Um, I don't know why that has changed in like 30 years, but there we are. Yeah. Now it's like, well, what, what did you guys expect? Exactly. And, and, and that's the other thing, yeah. 30 years, nothing has really changed. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that night, hundreds of abortion rights supporters had gathered for a candlelight vigil and a service at the nearby temple Ohabe, O-H-A-B-E-I, Shalom. Uh, meanwhile, anti-abortion groups swiftly distanced themselves from Salvi, who, as people later learned, was kind of like seeing himself as like a warrior battling anti-Catholic conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. So, I feel like today people would back him even harder. Unfortunately, I don't know that you're wrong. Like, I've talked yeah. about it before. I went to Catholic high school. They would literally, like, let kids, like, they, they got buses together. And people, my parents never let me go. And I was always so mad about it because it was like a free field trip from school where kids would be bussed down with teachers and everything to attend the March for Life, the pro-life protest in dc washington dc hmm. like it's just i don't know it's just they'd probably i don't know it's stupid so meanwhile the roman catholic archbishop of boston bernard cardinal law canceled the next day's annual anti-abortion celebration because of the shooting because like yeah. i said saturdays were the big day um and he called it, quote, unconscionable violence, end quote. Mm-hmm. But the cardinal said that the shooting, quote, must not be confused with the millions who advocate a pro-life position in peace, end quote. And he, according to the New York Times, he said, quote, I would request that this tragic and criminal act of apparently one individual not become the occasion of universalizing blame, end quote. One bad apple, Caitlin. Yeah. I... I... It doesn't I mean we know. all would do it if we had the chance. But what about the babies? Pro- and that's the other thing you will hear me say in this. Um, the terms anti-abortion and pro-life. Mm-hmm. You may notice that I only use the term pro-life when it's being used in quotes. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, there's a lot more to life than just cells. Um, so, like I said, Salvi's spree ended, they finally find him, the day after the shootings, 
Uh, he was captured in Norfolk, Virginia. And that was after he fired over a dozen, some sources say it was at least 23, bullets into the Hillcrest Clinic, another abortion clinic, which at the time was open, but he was captured before he was able to make his way up to the second floor where Hillcrest was located. Mm. So just went down to Virginia and did it again. Tried to do yeah. it again. Yeah. So on February 5th, 1996, Salvi was put on a lengthy trial with more than 100 witnesses over the course of six weeks in Norfolk County, Massachusetts, um, in their superior court for the murders of Leanne Nichols and Shannon Lowney. At the trial, Salvi's lead attorney, defense attorney, J.W. Carney Jr., acknowledged in his opening statement that his client had fired the, the shots, and he declined to, cha to challenge any of the prosecution's witnesses. Instead, Carney claimed that Salvi was a, quote, sick, sick young man, end quote, who used careful tactics and foresight in pursuit of a delusional plan. Um, he called in psychiatrists to evaluate Salvi, and they said that he was a paranoid schizophrenic. Um, and Carney also sought a verdict of not guilty by reason of insanity, which would have placed Salvi in a state mental hospital until a judge ruled that he was no longer a threat to society. Mm -hmm. Prosecutors, meanwhile, displayed very little sympathy for this contention that Salvi suffered from mental illness. Um, Assistant District Attorney John Kivlin portrayed Salvi as a cunning anti-abortion zealot, a quote-unquote terrorist who had plotted these murders and then evaded an elaborate police manhunt. Again, it was 24 hours, like, give or take, and they found him yeah. in Virginia. Um, so Kivlin showed, or Kivlin showed that Salvi had purchased a .22 caliber Sturm Ruger semi-automatic rifle and that he had customized it with a folding stock and pistol grip. Um, near his home in Hampton, New Hampshire, Salvi had also purchased 1,000 hollow tip bullets, and hollow tip bullets are designed to cause the most damage to human victims. Mm -hmm. um, and furthermore, the day before the shootings, Salvi had practiced shooting at a firing range. Um, and just like this was clearly premeditated and then yeah. also prosecutors portrayed him as this rabid anti-abortionist um they pointed out for example that not only had he practiced shooting but that immediately afterwards he cut his hair so that he could change his appearance and wouldn't be mm -hmm. recognized as easily as he fled yeah uh so throughout his trial meanwhile salvi frequently disrupted the proceedings by screaming out religious philosophies that he felt were kind of like like important, I guess, to declare. Um, it was based mainly on a belief that the Catholics were suffering from persecu persecution from the Mafia, the Freemasons, uh, the KKK, okay. and other right. groups. Um, Interesting then, theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Furthermore, his defense team actually introduced in the trial portions of a long rambling diary that he kept, which documented these beliefs, um, which, again, the defense brought forward because they wanted to prove that he was unstable. Yep. Uh, during a May 1995 competency hearing, Salvi also had circulated a rambling handwritten document declaring that he wanted the death penalty of convicted. Okay. Yeah. 
So in the closing moments of the trial, Carney, his lawyer, had asserted his client's right to testify, but tried to limit the areas in which the prosecution could cross-examine him. So the judge turned him down and was like, nah, he doesn't get to, he doesn't get to uh, testify then. Yeah. Um, that's Judge Barbara Dorch O'Cara, and we stan her. So despite his lawyer's attempts to prove that he was insane um a jury convicted at the time 24 year old john salvi iii of all charges against him which was two counts of first degree murder five counts of armed assault with intent to murder on march 19th 1996 and he was sentenced to life in prison without parole for the murders of shannon Lowney and leah nichols mm. but before salvi was sentenced Shannon and Leanne's loved ones, as well as the survivors of the attack, were permitted to deliver victim impact statements to show the court mm. exactly how Salvi had torn their lives apart when making their decision for his punishment. Yeah. One of the survivors who asked that their name not be published said they suffer from, from post-traumatic stress disorder and still have a bullet lodged behind their heart from the shooting. Wow. Mm-hmm saying quote i'm scared of everything and men in particular i have lost my ability to trust and to have hope and to have faith in this world as a good world and i am struggling to regain those things end quote mm. yeah um shannon Lowney's fiance david keen um his voice shook as he declared quote the life i had is gone the most wonderful caring loving person that i have ever met is no longer with me I can't express in words what that means or feels like, and I never, ever want John Salvi to be able to hurt anybody like he's hurt me and Shannon's family and all these other wonderful people, end quote. Mm. But finally, Leanne's mother, Ruth Ann Nichols, spoke and called Salvi a quote-unquote coward, which he is, um, and addressing him directly, she said, quote, Without hesitation, I hope you have sheer misery every day of your life as you have brought all these families. I request and hope that every December 30th they put you in solitary confinement, end quote. Um, so Salvi also got his long-desired chance to address the court. He showed no remorse and continued yeah. to request both the death penalty and the chance to give interviews to the news media to discuss his views about a purported anti-Catholic conspiracy, according to the Washington Post, saying, mm -hmm. quote, as you know, I haven't pled guilty, though I am against abortion. My position is pro-welfare state, pro-Catholic labor union, and basically pro-life, end quote. Okay. Moments later, Judge Dorch O'Cara authorized the clerk to read out two consecutive life prison terms, followed by 18 to 20 years for the assault convictions. Massachusetts does not have the death penalty. Um, so under state law, a first degree murder conviction automatically like sparks an appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, but because Salvi had traveled to multiple states over the course of this shooting spree, he had also faced the possibility of federal charges because abortion clinics are, and I looked it up shockingly in America, still are, um, protected under a federal law enacted in 1994, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, or FACE, 
which prohibits violent, threatening, damaging, and obstructive conduct intended to injure, intimidate, or interfere with the right to seek, obtain, or provide abortion or, or provide reproductive health services. Um, that is directly from the, the act. Yeah. So federal action could have resulted in him getting the death penalty, but a federal grand jury in Alexandria, Virginia, who was probing the attacks, uh, concluded in January that there was no nationwide conspiracy to commit violence against abortion clinics or their personnel. And the U.S. attorney said after his trial that he would not pursue the case and Massachusetts has no death penalty. It's been banned since 1984. So he was just taken quickly to state prison. And I don't know if there's necessarily a, like a nationwide conspiracy, but he did uh, attack two abortion clinics immediately, one after the other, and then flee to another state. So, Where he also attacked an abortion clinic. He just didn't kill anybody. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Either way, Maybe he look went, into that a little bit harder. He went to prison for life. And that's what mattered. Yeah. Um, after this, or the verdicts against Salvi really brought the trial to like an emotional climax. Um, he remained aloof as always. He just stared straight ahead. He barely even blinked. Um, meanwhile, the cries from the families of the victims, um, their their parents and siblings and fiancés and friends just the anguish that they felt and just they were they yeah um it was they were they were they felt justice had been served in fact mark nichols a brother of leanne um nichols told the washington post quote justice was done end quote and gamble the president of planned parenthood of massachusetts that i mentioned before she told mm -hmm. the Washington Post the verdict, quote, will help to de-escalate the climate of fear and violence that has surrounded the services we provide, end quote. Mm -hmm. um, after the sentencing, Carney, Salvi's lawyer, said he was troubled by the decision the jury made, saying, quote, as a lawyer, I can accept the jury's verdict, but as a lawyer and a citizen, I have greater trouble accepting the fact that we represented a young man who had no idea what was going on in this trial. The trial swirled around him, and even right now, in speaking to him upstairs, he has no idea what's going on, end quote. Um, and that's according to CNN. Carney also or indicated that his appeal would be based in part on the judge's refusal to allow Salvi to testify, which wasn't on Salvi. It was on Carney being like, but you can only ask my client certain things. Yeah. Um, so... Salvi was taken to prison. Um, even though he had been diagnosed with schizophrenia by the defense psychiatrists, he did not receive mental health treatment in prison, um, though mm. some sources said that he refused all treatment. Okay. And so at 6 a.m. on November 29th, 1996, guards were performing a routine cell check and discovered the man's body with a plastic trash bag tied around his head, according to a spokesman for the state's maximum security prison. Mm -hmm. uh, he was taken to a local hospital and was pronounced dead with the state medical examiner saying in a preliminary report that the death was a suicide apparently caused by asphyxiation. Okay. Upon learning of Salvi's death, Gamble, uh, she called Salvi's suicide, quote, the final chapter in a series of in a tragic series of events that destroyed three young people's lives, end quote. 
she mm. also extended condolences to his parents, Anne Marie and John Salvi, which I thought was classy. Yeah. Um, Ruth Ann Nichols, however, was less generous, telling the LA Times, quote, he was a bad boy who grew up to be a bad man. God have mercy on his soul, end quote. Damn. Yeah. Ruth Ann, like, spared no words. Like, she, ooh. Um, yeah. So Salvi's father, John Salvi II, told the LA Times that he was actually too shaken to discuss his son's death when they asked, but his wife expressed sadness that John Salvi III, her son, had been placed with a general prison population, saying, quote, my young John is gone, but there are others who will suffer in prison instead of a mental hospital where they belong, end quote. That could um, be true. That could be true, though I did kind of wonder... If her son is ref allegedly refused help, then I don't That's... know how you help someone that refuses help. Well, yeah, but also, and that is fucked up that, like, he should be in a place where he can get help if they're trying yeah. to treat him and he can't be. Um, but also, I'm like, so you know that he was, that there are others like him, which would indicate that, like, do you know to some degree that your son was this unwell and you just didn't say or do anything yeah i mean if there's no information on like his upbringing or what he was like um in the years months weeks days leading up to this then like we can only speculate and that's not even fair yeah but yeah it doesn't sound like he was a great dude no, and then all of a sudden did things. this yeah, yeah. Um, Carney also told the LA Times that in the past year, guards had twice found Salvi with torn pillowcases tied around his neck. Um, okay, so maybe maybe keep a better eye on him. Yep, and he joined Anne Marie in, condem in condemning prison officials for making a, quote, political decision to put Salvi in jail rather than, quote, a humane decision to put him in a mental hospital. Yeah, but if you're refusing mental health services in prison they can't just put you in a mental hospital but that's yeah. what he's saying no but that's what he's saying this wouldn't have happened if you convicted him as not guilty by a reason of insanity like that's what he was trying to say yeah if you had just let me do this i'm like that's not how this works yeah. um so university of massachusetts psychiatry professor dr david bear who had examined salvi for the defense and had diagnosed salvi with schizophrenia called the suicide unsurprising, telling the LA Times, quote, he was wrapped up in delusion. The most important thing for him was to get out what he felt was his critical message about the oppression of the Catholic people. He was convinced that, that he was convinced that was the purpose of the life, end quote. And once Salvi lost his courtroom audience and realized that in jail, his rhetoric would go nowhere, he yep. experienced the what Bear called, quote, loss of the central motivation of his life, end quote yeah so it checks yeah it all checks but in response to this violent attack in february 1995 a series of nine benefit concerts featuring a total of 37 artists were held in boston massachusetts um and they raised over thirty-eight thousand dollars to support safe access to health care for women and children wow yeah um and so that's where the mighty mighty boss tones come in because this particularly hit home for them because they were a local boston band uh, which like obviously like from the name because like the boss tones yes boston yeah, yeah. like hello um they actually were originally the just the boss tones 
Um, they're like informally known as the Boss Tones, but because there was like an older band like from the 1950s that was called the Boss Tones, they had changed their name to the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones okay. to avoid getting like sued. I think that's a more fun name. I think it's a more fun name. It's like I'm like okay, like I could see why people think Scott is fun. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah so they gave the impression that I get at, like they donated it to be part of the follow up CD to the concerts that would benefit the National Clinic Access Project Safe and Sound a benefit in response to the Brookline Clinic violence um, and that CD was released on November 15th 1996 mm-hmm. so the chorus of this song goes quote Never had to knock on wood, but I know someone who has, which makes me wonder if I could. It makes me wonder if I never had to knock on wood, and I'm glad I haven't yet, because I'm sure it isn't good. That's the impression that I get, end quote. Which is why I thought it was, that's the impression that I get. Yeah. It's also a really fun song. It's a so very Because fun it's song. about something that's so terrible, it's like... Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's actually not about this attack. Okay. Um, for a while, I, there was, I guess, a rumor that the song was actually about being tested for HIV after fucking a lot of groupies. Um, but okay. in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this was like seen as like canonical up until like March, 2013 when still has to man... do with maybe, uh, Planned Parenthood because, um, in case we need to beat it home anymore, uh, Planned Parenthood is not just for abortions. Yes. It is for, uh, medical health, uh, medical sexual health. health testing. You can, yep. Uh, yeah. Birth so, control. There's a lot of, I guarantee you most of the people in that waiting room were waiting for, a myriad of other things yes that one that one girl was saying that she went with her friend for a pregnancy test yep um but so yeah in march 2013 dickie barrett who is the front man or was the front man they broke up but of the boss tones explained to the lyric site genius quote about a year before my band the mighty mighty boss tones released the album let's face it i was at the funeral of a close friend's brother the depth of sadness that my friend and his family were experiencing on that day made me think about how we are at times measured by our ability to handle pain, sadness, tragedy, and adversity. I came to the realization that my life at that point had been, for the most part, free of these sorts of life-altering challenges. Mm. I wondered, without wishing for them, if I had the inner strength to handle such things. The first verse, t- verse talks about the difficult obstacles life can present to someone on a personal and individual level, while the second verse is about the tragic events that can define entire generations. The song's chorus answers the questions that I ask in the verses, end quote. So hmm. the impression that I get was released as a single months after it was on this uh, com- th- this uh, charity album mm-hmm. on January 27th, 1997, uh, to precede the release of Let's Face It, uh, which sub- subsequently became their most successful album release. Um, mm. it, yeah. And it like they even performed it on their debut performance on Saturday Night Live on October 25th, 1997. Oh, hey. Um, yes. And like, and like you were saying... It's you've definitely heard it. It's an upbeat song. It's like it's one of those things where it's been in movies. I didn't think I had ever heard it. Hold on. I'm going to search. Mm-hmm. You keep talking. I'm going to search what yeah. movies it was in. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Oh, OK. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was like, wait, what? 
yeah, so it is featured on the soundtracks of a bunch of movies, including Step Brothers, uh, that okay, Netflix yep. movie from last year with Maya uh, Hawk and Camila Mendez, Do Revenge. Yeah. Yes, yep. Um, great soundtrack for that movie. Um, it's also featured in Chasing Amy, the uh, Robin Williams, Billy Crystal movie, Father's Day, Digimon, the movie. Uh, okay. It just... It, it's it's everywhere. It was also featured on season four, episode sixteen of Friends, the one with the fake party. Uh, that was uh, in the Ross and Emily Beavis era. And Butthead. Beavis and well, no, I don't think. I think that was another song that was featured on Beavis and Butthead. I don't know. I think I looked I'm into that. The, I'm on the IMDb. It says it was in. No, it's on um, the impression that I get film credits list. Oh, damn! Apparently, it was on. Um, I know what you did last summer. Oh, maybe by maybe somebody was covering it. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen Digimon that movie. movie. I don't know the, the Digimon, okay, Digimon the yeah. movie, um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yep. No, I think that might have also been the Boston, like a different Boston song. I don't know. I don't know because I went on IMDb and certain songs were credited for those movies, but it wasn't the impression that I get. Got it. Um. It was featured on uh, or in the video game Donkey Konga, okay, Konga with fun. a K. Um, it was also a playable track in the 2009 video game Band Hero. Um, apparently, that was like the hard mode one. Okay, and cool. In the 2015 video game Rock Band 4, TBT to mm-hmm. Rock Band. Um, and also, fun fact, it is often credited as the origin of the Disney Channel theme that like they like took like <gasps> that the boss tones did it from that because you know it's like oh, bam, shit. Bam, 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 bam. But, so yeah 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 that jingle was actually composed by alex lasarenko though completely okay. different completely different um now like i said though you you know this if you've heard it you may not know that it's called the impression that i get um you may yeah i would think it would be like something knock on wood because they say that a bunch of times i know song. i know so I had this on the schedule for, I want to say, October, like next okay. October. Um, and I, I then you said to me like a couple weeks ago, oh, I should put the impression that I get on my song uh, episodes yeah. thing on my, because it's a I listener my, request. Yeah, I did my uh, my second mm-hmm. uh, songs inspired by real crimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went a couple weeks ago. Yes. And I went absolutely not. Um, I'm doing that one, which is why I moved it the fuck up on this list so that we don't forget and that you Whoa. don't just do it. And All that right is because then. you didn't get that listener request. I did. Uh, we have a list, just so everyone knows, we have uh-huh. a list of listener requests. I didn't think that they were assigned to anybody. That's because they aren't. I got this request. Okay. When we were staying at that haunted ass house in an Airbnb... Well, that's what it is. It's an Airbnb at that haunted ass Airbnb for your wedding. Oh, hey. Yes. Um, as you know, I don't drink. So there's no way that I could have been doing this um, of my own accord. I have never heard of. I had never. I knew the song after I looked it up, mm-hmm. but I had never heard this song before. And all of the tabs, as you know, I am a tab gremlin on my phone had been closed and the only thing that was open were the lyrics to the impression that I get by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And 
just there was no like you know when you can hit back and you can see like there was no google search or anything it was just a random web page with no other search history on it i had there was no search history there was nothing just this so i was like what the fuck is this about and then i'm like i don't know this song i didn't recognize the lyrics i looked it up and this is what came up was these crimes and that that was this was about or that's what this was like that it was connected to this we got a listener request from a fucking ghost wow okay there is absolutely no rhyme or reason to this Haley. i did like a poll of the people in this house michael knew the song but michael doesn't google on my phone and michael also would have told me at this point if they were fucking with me because i've been talking about this for years like and i wanted to tell it on an anniversary episode (laughs) great but happy happy like late anniversary (laughs) perfect i love it but yeah we got it like we but like me it was my phone Normally, I would be right there with you, but I was just like, no, like something wanted us to talk about this case. I don't know who. I don't know why. Okay. Um, but that is the impression that I get by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And go ahead and listen to make, it. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. Makes you want to like kick your feet or skank or whatever the fuck it's called. They have in their <laughs> band what, yeah. a dancer. Yeah. Like that is his that is his job. He doesn't play an yeah, instrument. He just, he just dances. dances. He oh, just that's dances. What I want to do. I yeah, you honestly, like, you should. He dropped out of college. Like he was able to, next yeah, to a band to dance for one oh. band, and he like goes to the studio and he's like, "Yeah, I've danced on some of the albums. Sometimes I like provide backup <laughs> backup vocals. I'm like, I love it. This just is screaming hilarious. in the background. Oh my god, I want to be that guy. <laughs> anyway, and, what? Yeah, a uh, terrible but important story to talk about because like bullshit like this is uh still kind of happening yep um so we do need to talk nearly about 30 it. years ago this happened yeah um and just a crazy connection to this song because it's one of those like when you people are know. like pumped up kicks is about a school shooting it's like yeah. yeah but it doesn't sound like it because people, it's like people are like it's a fun time there the she goes is about is doing about heroin fucking, wait really yeah oh i didn't know that we'll talk about it off mic Ooh. but <laughs> oh uh, yeah, so that's been the episode. It's Bran. Um, it's Bran. That's a whole different song. I know. I know that's what I <laughs> uh, we're almost at the end of the year, guys. We got some fun stuff coming up, and then we're we're already getting ready we're to record thuming. for the start of next year. So yeah, it's almost next here. year, man. We're doing it. Um, Can't believe it. You can emails if you or a ghost that you live with has a request <laughs> you can email us at crimeculturepod at gmail.com you can't call me crazy uh, that was a ghost that requested this i Haley, know the, the place nobody else knew this for the wedding was haunted i know yes it was haunted as fuck everybody knows everybody knows yeah um uh we have facebook instagram and twitter uh we do. patreon Join our Patreon as little yeah. as dollars, whatever you want. Uh, we have a Discord. Message us on any of our social media or email us crimeculturepod@gmail.com, and we will get you the link to the Discord. It's a fun time. We're sharing pictures of pets. We're sharing crafts. We're sharing recommendations. I'm posting spoilers to episodes. Oh. We're sharing good news. It's a fun time. Join the Discord by messaging us for the invite link. Mm-hmm. Um. 
And I think that's it. No. Yeah. It's not. It's um, not? I have my palate cleanser. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Wait, you gotta it's do okay. the, you gotta butt in and do the palate cleanser before I do the goodbyes. <laughs> but I didn't want to interrupt. Because I'm gonna forget. No, because then we leave on a good note. We, okay, not that yeah. not that you don't, your part isn't a good note. <laughs> Is the palate cleanser to watch the music videos for the Money Money Boston's to see that dancing guy? No, and it's also not the fun fact that I learned that the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones uh, played this, I think it was played this song, or no, they just, uh, yeah, I think it was this song, uh, in Vegas and LA on a tour in 2007, and Jimmy Kimmel sat in to play, like, the bass clarinet or some shit on both of those. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, but no, my palate cleanser is neither of those things. Thank you so much for asking. Um, it is, I already talked about this last week, I'm pretty sure, but I... I'm coming hot off the heels of a Stevie Nicks concert. Love and it. let me yep. tell you, let me tell you, like, I we have spent seen like a God. half hour. Yeah, we spent like a half hour before we started recording talking about this. More than a half hour. Like, truthfully, no, I think it might have been more. Um, It was like Michael was only mildly offended that I kept saying over and over again yesterday before I even got into the venue, before we even drove to the venue. I was like, this is the best day of my life. This, this is the best day of my life. And Michael's like, our anniversary is in like two weeks, just so you know, like our ninth anniversary. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the best day of my life. Uh, it's like, like that photo. It's like that photo that the guy's like, the guy posted a photo of him and his wife on their wedding day. And then he posted a photo of his wife meeting um, Rob Lowe <laughs> and the smile difference <laughs> in her face. I've never like, seen yeah. that. It makes, me think of, it, it makes me think of Girl Meets World when it was... Um, they're, they're, like it's like Christmas and Corey says something like oh your mom keeps uh, telling me to take that picture of like down it's like from our first Christmas or something like that it's like an ornament and mm-hmm. she was like she like looks and you think it's like him and Topanga and it's like him and Sean <laughs> yeah of course it is yep <laughs> um, but yeah so no I saw Stevie Nicks um, I highly recommend her um, all of her just as a person just all yeah. of me loves all of her um absolutely incredible she told so many amazing stories that are like fun little like fleetwood mac factoids and mm-hmm. things like that some of which i knew um most of which i didn't um the origins of like the backgrounds of certain songs she was like just tearing it the fuck up dancing and shit she brought out her shawl collection she had the shawl from belladonna she had the shawl from edge of 17 she had like a little gold one for gold dust woman she sang a tribute to tom petty she sang a tribute to christine mcvee uh i am obsessed with this woman she's so small um and (laughs) Haley's laughing because i said it like six times um but she is she's so small uh it yeah, could it just I, because you were far away. No, no, it's not that. You look at like the mic stand, you eyeball that shit, and also I wasn't that far away. Fuck you. Um, I'm poor. I'm not that poor. Um, that was mean. I'm taking that back. Uh, I'm just very excited about this, and I'm caffeinated. Um, this was an amazing experience. Ten out of ten. I can't wait to see her again. I do know now how you feel about Dave Matthews and why you see him over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and. If I never get to see her again, this was worth it. This was enough. This was like a bucket list moment. Yeah. And I'm so excited. And I got a shirt and I paid $80 for parking when the lady with the Escalade in front of me paid 60, but it was worth it. You're wearing the shirt right now. 
I'm wearing the shirt right now. You'll see it, and you'll see you'll see it somewhere. I don't know where. If you're if you are uh part in the of Patreon our thing, Patreon, and you're yes, on the channel. Patreon channel of the Discord, uh, and you'll see what Caitlin is drinking. It's if this is your first episode, this was a wild ride for you. This- but um, <laughs> you don't need to know the lore of why Caitlin posts photos of herself drinking something in the Discord. Come but. to the Discord and ask about the lore and then and then we'll tell you we'll explain we that's what we should do we should have just like a fact sheet (laughs) a fact sheet my name is caitlin my name is Haley. this is the lore these are our these are our these are our pets these These are are our partners these are the stories we'll tell a million times something we wear something we what is it uh that that moms are always on facebook like oh i asked my children for something they they want something they need something they wear something they read i know this because my mother-in-law does this that's Uh, cute it's real cute it's got nothing to do with this though no but yeah all right uh best day of my life i love you and michael dearly but this was I i think maybe the best day of my life that's okay that's good I think so. It was great. I'm, yeah. I'm, you can verklempt. die now. I, I really can. Like I said to my, there, and there was a time, like I almost got into a car accident with a Porsche where I thought I might, wasn't my fault. Um, never is. And I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. This guy was an asshole. And if you're listening, like, thank you for listening. But also, that was not very nice of you. It wasn't. Okay. Can yeah. we go now? Yeah, I'm good. I, I can die happy. All right. I saw go Stevie listen Nicks. to Stevie Nicks. Go listen to the Mighty mm-hmm. Mighty Boston's go um Fuck drink some now. water <laughs> whoa no i'm kidding but that's where i thought you were headed <laughs> no i was trying to be i was trying to give everybody go be nice <laughs> some closing things mantras some thoughts <sighs> thoughts and feelings my work hours are changing and i have to start so much earlier oh, tomorrow, go so to I'm bed <laughs> yeah go to bed that's the last thing all right bye everybody bye, bye. see you next tuesday bye Ooh, see you next tuesday Bye. <laughs> <laughs>